Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. It's Michelle Wong here, and I have a special guest with you today. I'm just, I'm like really happy with all the people who have come on the show, and I'm so grateful. And today, I'm equally as excited. I'm so excited to introduce you to Ali Canales. And uh, Ali and I met at um, the school that we're in. And I'm just so thrilled to share more of her work and hear more of her story and dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Ali. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored and excited to chat with you today. I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And like before we started, we were just kind of chatting around, like even like the shirt that you're wearing, like you are more than enough. And so like, I just, I just love what you're doing and the work that you stand for, particularly working with women and um, women in leadership and helping them with their embodiment. Mm. Yeah. So if you're open to it, I'd love to hear like your story, your journey, how you got started, all of the fun stuff. Yeah, I know. Right. There's so, I love this question because I feel like it's always so thought provoking because we often don't really, we think of our stories, but not like have so much space to talk about them. So yeah, I'm a, I really help women really, I guess, embody their feminine power in order to become really powerful leaders. Um, I guess a lot of that, I mean, there's definitely lots of different parts to my story. I think a big thing, especially with the feminine empowerment piece is that I've just had a big story around being disempowered in my feminine energy, which really was rooted in having a heavy, really, um, I guess, heavy trauma and sexual abuse and being really disconnected from my body from, you know, sexual trauma and then eating disorders and neglecting my female body altogether and not really utilizing its power and almost to the point where I was like hated being a female um, and almost felt like it was a burden more than how I feel now which I feel like it's awesome and exciting um, and just excited to be in a female body and um, utilize the medicine of feminine energy Um, but a lot of that like sexual I guess disconnect um, from that sexual trauma led me to have a really tainted relationship with my body, a tainted relationship with feminine energy. I found it um, as a weakness more than it is a power. Um, And I kind of started to see that theme when I was like in my recovery journey through all the things and healing um, my relationship to my body. I started to see that overlapping theme of like this disconnection and, um, suppression of the feminine and the way our culture lies and in business and in leadership of like we really run in these like old school I don't want to say masculine but like toxic masculine paradigms of like hustle 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 go 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 like disregard your body and like the only way to be successful is if you sacrifice your health or health and like we as women are built like that we're cyclic in nature with just with even our menstrual cycles mm-hmm. um and we're not meant to like be go 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 all the time and it felt really good to like just honor I'm like I'm built 
differently and Mm. my body is meant to run differently from everyone else. So I, when I was recovering from my eating disorder specifically, so my eating disorder was a result of the sexual trauma of just like trying to control outside like things that I couldn't control. And when I didn't have a period for, I think about three years. So when I got my period again, I was in a really unique situation where I was surrounded by lots of like shamans and um, native American elders and midwives that had a different perspective on the menstrual cycle than I ever had before. They were like, yeah, you got your period. And I was like, why is this like an exciting thing? Like, okay. Um, And I really got to learn that it's a sacred ceremony and I got to learn that working with my body's, I guess, seasons and flow um, was actually like a benefit and like a blueprint to thrive in life. Um, And I just started deepening this knowledge, like when all my friends would be like partying, I'd be reading like books and listening to webinars on like women's pelvic health. Um, Mm, I love that. I know, right? I'm like, it, it was not cool at the time, but I'm like, it was like this nerdy obsession of like, wow, the womb is so cool. Like, and I really see that in our culture is that like, it's only really regarded in like when a woman has a baby or maybe a little bit of attention when she's bleeding. And then, but our womb is so much more and it can be utilized so much more than um, just or not or when we're bleeding like there's a lot going on down there and I really believe it's the source of our female power center I I has I always tell my clients it's like we're born from the womb and we're reborn from the womb so I guess that's kind of a little introduction of how I got into all this stuff oh wow that is that's amazing just like your own personal growth and your own journey of healing like what's you know your trauma and um And also like I, as you were talking, I'm like, you're so incredible. You're so powerful. And like, yeah, just, just knowing that, like just from your story of, you know, the abuse that you experienced and like, I feel like so often women don't share their story and there's so much liberation and healing and just saying that out loud. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just really like, I just really commend you for that as well, because like our stories are all like we are unique and at the same time so many of us have the same stories you know yeah yeah 100%. yeah so you were saying how um as you were getting your as you were healing you didn't have your period for three years mm-hmm. and then you started like how like how did you get your period back um, okay. it's a funny story. <laughs> Not a funny story. Okay. It's kind of a unique situation. So when people ask me, I'm like, I didn't have a traditional, like I do go on Chinese medicine herbs. I don't remember which ones. Um, but I did have like some consultation in like the holistic realm, but I don't think I had like the normal experience because I was in an ayahuasca ceremony and the shamans, um, chanted to my womb and then a week later I got my period no Um, way I know and I was like whoa (laughs) two people like like chanting to my womb and I was like no I was really thin then too like so I was like I think of my like I was really tiny still so I was like oh it's not gonna happen like whatever so it was really those I think it was a combination like obviously the Chinese medicine herbs but I think a lot of it had to do with like 
from my understanding of what the shamans were doing is they were like calling upon my womb's energy and to bleed. And also I think it's the energetic work of like how I view it is like your body. Well, I mean, if you're not getting your period, your body doesn't trust you to sustain life. Like there's obviously more to it, but that's kind of, I feel like one thing that I started to understand is like, Oh, my body doesn't trust me to sustain a life because I'm so malnourished right now. So I think it was also just taking care of myself. And obviously I was eating again. I was eating more foods and building up my nutrients. I wasn't as thin as I was. Um, but I think that, yeah, I guess, so I wish I had like better step-by-step protocols, (laughs) but I'm like, no, that was kind of it. And, um, which is kind of an odd experience, but it was, you know, it was your experience. Yeah. 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 So then from there, um, was that like just your own healing journey? Like how did that, and then you're reading more about women's health, pelvic health and was it, and then you're talking about cycles, like syncing Mm -hmm. up with the women's cycle, which I like, I love that this Mm -hmm. is becoming more of a common conversation between me and other women. (laughs) Because we, like, our culture is so not uh, structured that way. It's very, like, mass, like like you were saying, like, it's more linear. Um, mm-hmm. And so I know when I have my period, it's like, I just, I don't want to do any work. I just want to be on the couch and watch TV or read yeah. and just curl up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, okay. So I'm trying to think. I think it really came from, like, this new perspective of, like, hearing like midwives and all these people talking about their cycles as like a sacred ceremony. And that idea had never been introduced to me because we live in the traditional school system where it's like, okay, you get your period and like the uterine lining sheds, like you stick a tampon up your vagina and like, that's it. And I was like, okay. Um, And I never thought that it could actually be something that was powerful or that could be something I'm excited for. Like, I think people think I'm a little bit of an anomaly because I'm like, I'm really excited to get my periods. And like, I'm really like, I just, I love it because I think it's really understanding that it is a sacred ceremony. And like that, I think that that's what it really was. is like seeing it as a ceremony, even in traditional, like native American culture um, and in a lot of tribes around the world, the women menstruating, um, like after they were menstruating, um, depending on their dream time or visions they had, or just like intuition, intuitive hits that they would have, the chief would come to them and ask them like what they, you know, experienced during their moon time, which is like what it was referred to in native American culture. But when they're menstruating, and those intuitive pits when they were menstruating like sometimes decided like where they would move to or how the harvest was like cropped or like you know war battle plans like so it was really regarded like women menstruating were like holy and I was like there's something to this like Mm -hmm. what would happen if I really started utilizing the medicine of my menstrual cycle and I think it first came as the one phase of my cycle. So menstruating, um, and viewing my blood as sacred, like viewing the time of when I'm menstruating is actually something holy and ceremonial. Cause it is very regular. Like our energy drops. Um, we are going to be a little bit more, it's like that symbolic, like obviously physically the uterine lining is shedding, but it's also shedding, um, past emotions that have built up for the past month. And when we're actually utilizing that energy of that symbolic shedding and death, it's like, 
well, what can we let go of? What can we release? We need to restore our energy reservoirs um, and reset because we're not energizing bunnies all the time. Um, and the more that we force ourselves into those conditionings, like that go, go, go all the time, the more we see women burnt out and they're not taking care of themselves. And we're in this like mass energetic imbalance. And this is why holistic health is really important because it's like us women are meant to take, like we have to take care of ourselves. We're like the life force energy. And that life force energy is that womb energy because it's like whether you choose to have a baby or not, or whether you even had like maybe you've had a hysterectomy and you don't have your womb anymore, but that energy of like that life force that you can bring life into the world, like if you're even if you don't have a family, like if you're single or whatever, you still suck in or like you're like an energy vacuum because it's just like the female way. Like we are vacuums for people's energy. So I guess learning to work with that, like knowing that I started like utilizing that, um, to be like, okay, I'm releasing energy. I'm releasing old limiting beliefs. I'm resetting and taking care of myself. I'm slowing down and clearing my calendar. And then all, and then I was like, whoa, there's four phases of the cycle. Like, this is cool. Like what would happen if I really started like syncing up with this energy and used it to thrive in life too? Cause I saw such results in what would happen when I would like slow down during my menstrual cycle and like really take care of myself during that time where I was like, okay, there's something more to this. And then it was almost like opening up a treasure box and like there was more and more treasure, like discovered like an endless pit of like, okay, there is something here. Like this is something our ancestors and our great grandmothers. And I really believe in past lives. So like things that I did in my past life, like it felt like I was coming home to myself. Mm. I love that. And so before you discovered all of this, um, I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that it was a more linear process, like a hustle mindset. Yeah. And so did you find like a big distinction in the results in your own work by following the more, you know, just following your own body's flow and rhythm? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was definitely like, I'm, I class, I am a, like a high achiever, very ambitious, like type A type woman. Um, so I'm like, built on that, like, okay, gotta hustle, gotta work hard. And then I was like, oh, I, like, I'm not meant to be built like this, though. Like, we are working cycles and there's seasons and actually taking care of myself and taking the time to slow down. Um, I always take, or I try to, like, sometimes it depends on obviously how heavy the work month is, but I always try to the first day of my cycle, like, take the day off, like, clear my calendar, um, not, like, if, and my cycle's pretty regular, so I know when my cycle's usually going to come, so I won't take client calls. And taking that time, oh my God, it changes everything because you're resetting your energy and I'm like, you're not dripping into reservoirs that you don't have and you're not trying to catch up on energy. Like if you actually take that time to really take care of yourself, you're going to be more productive, more efficient. And it doesn't seem like that at first, but then I notice I'm like, my mind is more clear. I've given myself the time to actually take care of myself. Like I'm not burnt out. Like the quality of my work and work that was taking me sometimes six hours was taking like two hours because I was like I had energy, like I was built up in my, um, like radiance. Like it really is that like quote of like, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And that's what I feel like taking the time to slow down in your menstrual cycle teaches you. It's like teaches you to actually slow down and build your life force energy back up. So you're not just like running on empty and then dipping into any energy reservoirs that like 
you don't have. Because if they become empty, it's going to take a lot. Like that's why we see people with adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love what you just shared because I, I know that for me, like, I mean, my parents don't have as like, they're obviously they're older, so they're starting to have gray hair, but like I was starting to get gray hair in my early thirties. And I'm like, this is, this is not because I'm getting older. It's because like I spent my teens and my twenties, like burning the midnight oil and just like yeah. having that go, go, go mindset. And so it's, it's so refreshing to hear that there's another way that we could do things. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's good yeah. to come home too. Yeah. So then with your work now, like how do you, um, how do you work with uh, like women and leaders? Like, is it just teaching them to come back to their own body and following their own rhythm? A lot of it is centered. So a lot of it is centered around like the womb work because that's like a very forefront of how I work with women. But I feel like just the whole, like, I guess encompassing in it is really about like feminine energy. Um, I work a lot with like feminine archetypes as well. Um, which is really fun, but it's like tapping into that feminine flow in a way that works in union with the masculine flow, because I really don't believe that it is all just like rise into the feminine and like crush the masculine. Cause then that's going to create like a not great balance. But I feel like a lot of what I see because I am a high achieving woman and how, how I see other high achieving women and ambitious leaders and type A women, they are kind of operating in those masculine states when they just assume, like, like you said, like burning the midnight oil and just kind of being like, oh, this is the only way to be successful. Um, and from what I see, like with a lot of business owners and women with big visions, it's like, when they're operating their businesses or their lives or their missions from that place, it's like, it doesn't even become fun anymore. Like in your vision, like your vision and your business should light you up and it should be something that excites you. And that's the power of like really tuning in to work with your feminine energy is like tuning into your cyclic rhythms, like, you know, and applying that into your business and knowing that when you're ovulating, like that's a good time to launch or like do things that scare you or like when you're menstruating, like take the time to tap into your creativity and your intuition. So it really is about coming back to your female body and and then also just like owning your sexuality, like your female, like your sacred sexuality or like owning those different parts of those feminine archetypes. Cause I think we also have misunderstood feminine energy in the way of like, Oh, it's only this way, but there's different feminine archetypes. Like, and one that I think that gets a little bit misunderstood is like, the huntress isn't really welcomed into femininity, but she's also a part of female nature where she's the huntress where she'll go in for the kill. And she's a, like, she is essentially kind of like a warrior. So I really teach women to like embrace that full encompassing female power and infuse it into their work. So they can operate from a place of like the ease and the flow and the pleasure, but with the aligned action. So they're not just like floating around everywhere. Um, and so that their masculine and feminine energy can be in more harmony. But from what I see in a lot of the, like my like soulmate clients, a lot of them have been working more in those masculine paradigms where it's been like hustle, hustle, hustle. So that's why I really stress the importance of coming back to that feminine embodiment work and leading from the heart and leading from the heart also means leading from the womb. I, I really believe that the womb is a woman's second heart. So if you're going to lead from the heart, you also need to have your womb a part of that process. And like I was saying before, it's like, I think I started this work because I was so tired of hearing people talk about female ascension and female empowerment when the womb was neglected mm. because, you know, like you can't, like you're missing a vital step. You need to root to rise. Oh, um, I love that. 
Yeah. Like yeah. you can't just focus on like the upper chakras, like the, the lower chakras, like you need to root to rise. And I really believe that your womb is like your, like your hub and your, like your primal center for that feminine ascension. So if you're ignoring it, you're not going to be fully embodied. And that's what I really believe in is embodied leadership and being the embodiment of your message and the embodiment of your work and your female power and your expression, but the womb needs to be incorporated in that or else you're missing such a vital step. So I think it was like a part of me knew that I had to come into this work for like years, but I was ignoring it because I didn't want to be the one that talked about it for some reason. Yeah. But we always resist like the big mission. Yeah. And I think then it just came to a point where I was tired of seeing this work neglected in female ascension or female empowerment. <laughs> like mm. a part of it was like being fed up and a part of it was like surrendering to like, okay, this is the work that I meant to do with my life. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm curious, um, a few things. So you talked about like, um, feminine archetypes. So I'm curious, like if you can break some of those down and then uncover a little bit more about like the womb energy and then tapping more into that. So let's, if you don't mind dissecting like feminine archetype. Yeah. Yes. So I love this work so, 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 so much. So, um, there's obviously like we could go into a whole podcast, but, all of them. but I'm just going to like kind of try to do, I'm going to talk about the main ones that I'm really digging right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is seven primary female archetypes. Um, let me try it. Like I know them, but you know, sometimes when you're off the cuff, so the lover, the huntress, the sage, the mystic, the mother of uh, the queen and the maiden. Mm-hmm. Those are the seven like at their prime like there's different like the huntress is obviously um seen as kind of like the wild woman or you know the lover can be the seductress but at the core those are the the seven primary female archetypes so all of them have their obviously different energy and to fully come into our female power and understanding we and we have a primary female archetype as well like we have all of them within us um but for example my primary female archetype is the lover and like my secondary energy is the huntress so knowing that i'm like oh i feel like i'm coming home to myself Mm. like i feel like i understand that um and to know i guess your female archetype i would just say deepen into understanding how they work together and just notice what you're, how you operate. Um, and you'll just get a sense. Um, and there's obviously lots to do with each archetype, but I'm just going to go into the, I guess the two that I am, because that is easier for me to talk about. And I know them all, but because these are the ones I operate in most. So the lover, how to utilize her at her surface level. She's like, I think we think of the lover as like, yeah, in love with herself, in love with their sensuality. But at the core, she's passionate. Um, she goes after what she wants. There's like a lust. There's like an orgasmic state for life. So I really like utilizing her energy is like, what are you passionate about? Like what lights you up? Being um, the lover of yourself. And the lover, I think of her energy as like, she doesn't um, wait around for people, like being your own lover. Like I think of Aphrodite. Like she's not going to like be trying to get everyone else to love her like she owns that she is the lover and that she kind of commands the energy with her seduction um with her primal nature with her lust with her with her beauty and it's really about like cultivating that archetype as tapping into beauty and grace and your own exploration of femininity and it doesn't have to be like on a surface level, like wearing makeup and buying clothes, mm-hmm. like be- 
because that is my primary archetype, that very much is me, especially like clothes. <laughs> but um, you can tap into like what that means for you, like being the lover of yourself and how that translates and how that translates into business. It's like being devoted, like the lover is also devoted to her vision. She's at her like core, like I think of the lover as, yeah, being devoted and worship and to her other lover, but to herself and to her vision. So bringing that energy into like, what am I devoted to? Um, what like, what really like, can I worship? Um, and not in a place of like, oh, I'm not good enough. But like, I think of it as like worshiping the vision of my business, worshiping my clients because I'm of service to them, um, worshiping myself. How can I worship myself? I think that's a really deep question that we can ask ourselves. Like, you know, obviously how can we love ourselves, but that worship of ourselves, like how can I treat myself like the goddess I am? Like really like, the whole last year or like the past two years, like sometimes when I was like not feeling myself, I'm like, well, how would Aphrodite like move through life? Mm. Like how would she take a bubble bath? How would she shower? She wouldn't just like rush to the shower in like five minutes and like sporadically like throw in a towel. Like she'd like take the time to like wash her body and like really feel her body. Like she's, it's presence too. It's like taking the time to really connect with yourself. And there is that sensual nature. Um, and it doesn't, it, it's like, really coming into your sensuality so I often think of like well what would Aphrodite do like what would the lover in me do how would she slow down and really take care of herself um and then the next archetype that I'm really digging right now because this is very much me is the huntress um I used to think that it was just because I had a lot of masculine energy but then I realized I'm like actually it's just because I have a lot of huntress energy whereas like the huntress is like essentially kind of like the wild woman. So she gets her identity from herself. She's free. She goes after what she wants. Um, she goes in for the kill. Um, she knows what she wants. She's directed in her dream and she, she makes it happen, which has always been me, which I thought was like not feminine, but I'm like, no, it is feminine. It's just mm -hmm. like that more directed feminine, like going in after you want. And it is essentially going in af after the kill, like mm -hmm. what do you want and what, like, what are your dreams and what are your ambitions? Um, and it's a really fun archetype to play with um, and activating that is like essentially like taking aligned action to like mm -hmm. kind of sum it up and going after. So then there's like obviously the sage and the mystic and the mother um, and the queen and all of them have like their different um, parts that you can activate and channel. And we all have them each within us. But like I said, it's like, we usually have like a primary one that we operate most in and understanding how, like what your archetype more so is, or like even applying them to business, like a lover energy, like you can activate the lover's energy to generate wealth or you can activate different energy to generate wealth. So yeah, that answers the archetypes. <laughs> I have like a follow-up to that. <laughs> okay. Well, I would, yeah, I would assume that like different stages of our lives will have, we can wear yeah. and activate different energies that we are feeling into, especially totally. as like we get older. Um, yeah. And so for listeners who are listening, how, if they wanted to learn more about that, do they go to like, there's information on your website, is there a book? Yeah, I feel like, where did I, I don't even remember when I started learning about things. I don't have the information on my website. I'm sorry, guys. I have a course coming out all about the archetypes, so awesome. that's probably the best 
thing to do where it's like a six month deep dive into all of the archetypes and applying them into life and business. Perfect. Um, Yeah, I know. Like that's probably like the simplest way. I'm going to be talking about it a lot more. Um, I don't remember, I I don't remember how I started learning about this stuff. A lot of it was channeled too. Like I knew about the archetypes, but then I'm, like I channel and like talk to spirits. So sometimes the archetypes would come to me and be like, it's time to work with me. And like, this is my medicine. And then like, then I'd find a book or someone would tell me, I'm like, Oh, I already knew that. And I don't even know how I knew that. So some of it is channeled. Um, I I know probably the best way is like the course I'm coming out with in the fall. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, and then we'll put information there <laughs> in the show notes. Um, awesome. And then the womb alchemy, like, or the womb, um, the womb work, like, can you, is it, uh, is it around like lowering your cycle or is there like share more? Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many, uh, there's so many things about the womb. So yeah, I think a big thing is obviously working with your cycle energy. So like the four primary phases of your cycle, which are like when you're menstruating, um, your follicular phase, when you're ovulating and then your luteal phase. Um, and those all also tie into different seasons, um, Mm -hmm. and different archetypes within each of your cycle. So understanding like, because we're not the same at each phase of our cycle, it's really important to know how to take care of ourselves. Like when I'm ovulating, which I am right now, so I'm like much more confident and I'm clear in how I speak and I'm like willing to do things that scare me a little bit more. I utilize that energy to like do things that scare me and like take risks. So for example, yesterday I posted something that like scared the shit out of me and I was like, but I have like this extra confidence. So I'm going to utilize it. Um, and knowing how to take care of myself. So I can handle stress more during my ovulation phase. Um, which is awesome. So I can pack my schedule a little bit more or, you know, maybe it's like planning a talk or launching a training that I'm like a little bit more nervous for. So knowing that it's really awesome because I'm like, Oh, it's like a superpower that I can just work with. Um, if I'm menstruating and I have something that I want, like an intuitive question that I want to ask myself or connect to my higher self, it's like taking that time to really come inward and connect with myself and, um, use my intuition to answer questions or, what, you know, what does my business need? Or like, where are my blind spots? Like, what do I need to let go of? So it is like the cyclic part, obviously, of your cycle. And then there's also, I think, what I'm really passionate about, and it's, it's always funny, because whenever I do, like the course that I just launched, Womb Alchemy School, um, women were so excited for this part of the course, which is like embracing your sexuality and mm. like your orgasmic bliss, which is like something I love, love, love talking about, especially because... I was someone that was so sexually re- like like repressed and su- like suppressed my sexuality for so long. So it's really liberating to like own your sexual desires, have safer communication in bed, um, using that like sexual energy and that sexual potency to like thrive in life too. Because if you think about it, it's like being in that orgasmic state um, in like that pleasure filled state. I really see obviously pleasure as yes, it is involves in the bedroom and self pleasure and all that stuff. But I really feel like it's also a concept of how we can move through life. Like how can I make, and that's the lover coming in. Like, how can I make my life more pleasurable? Um, like, okay, if you're washing the dishes, how can I make this more pleasurable? Okay. I'm going to like put on a song or like 
maybe wear like something that like makes me feel really good or like washing the car. Like how can I make this more of a pleasurable experience? Like I think that that is really what I, how I like to teach sexuality and sensuality is yeah, obviously like cultivating that pleasure in your body, but it's so that you can bring it into everyday life. And it's like a concept of how we can like operate through life. Um, so there's the sexuality piece too, because when a woman really owns her sexual desires and like, owns her sexuality it's like overcoming shame and like we're so ashamed to like own what we desire and if we can't own what we fully desire like how is the like it also translates into like owning like what we want to cultivate in our life and we can manifest through that orgasmic state if you think about it it's like you're in that full like when you're having an orgasm or when you're cultivating that pleasure in your body or just like that concept of pleasure throughout life like you're in a really high vibe state so you're going to be able to attract and manifest more things that you want to cultivate and it's really powerful to know that you can do that within your own body Mm -hmm. um so there's the sexuality piece and then like the wound piece of like our ovaries have different energy, our fallopian tubes have different energy. Um, the ovaries are probably one of my favorite um, part of female anatomy. They're really like those creative centers and the left ovary and the right ovary mean different things. And it's like, you don't think that this is actually a thing and you're like, oh, like this makes more sense. Like, you know, like utilizing the whole encompass. So if there's like ovarian cysts, since they kind obviously I go in a lot deeper into my program, but just as a snapshot, like the ovaries are a lot about creative potential, creative seeds. If you think about it, just um, like physically, it's like, well, there's all the eggs are in the ovaries. So they're the creative seeds. So if we get ovarian cysts or there's physical imbalances in the ovaries, the energetic imbalance that could be present is you're not fully utilizing your creative potential, um, or like utilizing your full creative energy. Um, and being someone with sexual trauma and then I also have endometriosis. Like, I feel like I've really had to come to terms with like, obviously the physical imbalances can be a manifestation of like the energetic imbalances present. Um, so like the, like, they're all like, it's all connected. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we just think, Oh, like there's a wound, but like, there's a lot going on down there. So hopefully that answers like a couple different things. There could be a lot of directions that you go. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it all. And I just love how, like, as you were talking and talking about, um, like even the archetypes and talking about our connection to our womb, um, what really like what I saw, especially a woman who is confident in her sexuality mm-hmm. is like a confident woman. Like when we yes. are, it, it doesn't matter what size you are. Like when I see like a yeah. bigger woman, like loving her body, it's like a turn on, like it's just so yeah. attractive. And it's really about coming back to that embodiment that you were talking about, like knowing mm-hmm. ourselves and loving ourselves from like that deep place. Mm. And so, yeah, I really resonate with that. Yeah, no, I love that you touched upon because it's like, it's, there's nothing more powerful than a woman like owning her power, owning her sexuality, like owning her radiance. Like she's unstoppable. Like it's a very unstoppable force. Like she's in her full, like it's, it's attractive. Yeah. Like it's, it's, ma- it's like magnetic. That's what yeah. it really is. It's that yeah. Magnetic, like, magnetic pull that you just like want to be in and play in like it's almost like that energy of like you know when like a woman walks in the room and it's like she yeah like it could be because she's like beautiful physically but it's more about her energy you're like who is she like that's Mm -hmm. what I feel like coming into your sexuality really is because there's that like vibrancy like pulsating throughout your body and it's not just because like 
on a surface level of like, oh, like she like masturbates a lot. Like it's not necessarily like <laughs> that. It's more that she's like owning herself and yeah. by your body. Like you said, like confidence and she's exuding that. Mm. Well, for people who like might not have their period, maybe they're like, they reach menopause or like whatever their, their cycles are very irregular. Like what would you suggest for that? Um, first off, I feel like, especially with women that don't have their wombs anymore, say from like a hysterectomy right. or something, um, you can work with like the energetic imprint of your womb. So you don't necessarily have to like have a womb anymore. Obviously, like you're not going to work with your cyclic energy necessarily when you're menstruating, but you're still going through the phases of like different energetic cycles. So you can just, for example, like on the new moon, that can be when you bleed and mm. you can take that week to rest. So it doesn't have to be like charting your cycle in a way that a woman would when she's menstruating, but it can be more from a place of just knowing and honoring your energy by making like the new moon is like your bleeding phase and kind of go from there. And also just, you can, um, meditate with that energy of your womb. Like there's, she was in there for how long, like she's, she's gonna, she's still going to leave that energetic imprint and you can call upon her energy. And you can, even if you don't necessarily like, say you had an like ovary removed, you can still call upon that energy because it leaves that like energetic imprint. Um, and for women that don't have their periods or like it's irregular, um, um, first off, like there is a holistic way that you can get it back, obviously. Um, and I would definitely recommend like going to a Chinese medicine doctor, or a holistic doctor, because your cycle is going to be so unique. So it's hard to give like general advice. Mm -hmm. um, so go to someone that's going to be able to completely look at your cycle and just know your information. Um, however, you can still work with your womb's energy. There can be energetic imbalances. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like the stop of flow within your body, that energetic imbalances is that you're rejecting your femininity because if you're not flowing, like you're like, are you not flowing with your feminine energy? Because if it's after, you're not physically flowing, like there might be an energy that's not um flowing so i think that that's one piece to it too and if you still want to connect with your womb's energy like again you can just symbolically like work with those cycle or like work with the new moon's energy as your bleeding phase until you're started to i guess bleed normally yeah. um and there's also the piece obviously like if you're detoxing from hormonal birth control or any contraceptive method that kind of i want to say this carefully um that maybe irregulates how your natural rhythm is. And it's no shame if you're on those types of things at all. But if you've come off them and you're starting to kind of re-regulate, just give it time because your body has gone through a big detoxification. So it's going to maybe take a bit of time, but you can take different herbs um, and different, I guess, modalities to bring that on. But I think of course, like go to a doctor, like, go to a, a, like a naturopath or a holistic doctor that's going to like take an account of, the like the holistic approach to kind of like mm -hmm. bring back that flow but there's obviously energetic balances and you can just of course like meditate with your womb and like talk to her like mm -hmm. something as simple as like just talk to her like write her a letter like ask her to like work with you like you know you can talk to her and ask her to like show you her medicine as well mm, I love that and um there was something that I wanted to ask oh right so 
when we were first talking about like starting to realign with our feminine energy, I think there's, and then we did talk about resting. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like this fear of, well, if I don't, if I don't, if I stop, then I'm not going to be as productive or whatever. And you did, yeah. you, know, you shared like you're even more productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a part of that is just trusting that process, I think is so important. But like, what's amazing is like watching you and your income level just soaring. <laughs> and like your work so it's like it like this stuff works <laughs> i know guys i know it definitely does work i had been having really high months and i'm like oh i haven't even been like no i've still been working but like not as like not as much as i was like it's not like craziness and it's like i think it's also allowing yourself to flow with seasons like i work a lot more when i'm ovulating so i'm ovulating right now so like my whole i've been working since 9 a.m and i have things to do until like eight o'clock tonight. And it's like, just knowing that, but like when I'm menstruating, I'm like, I got to rest. Cause I got to like build up this energy. So when I'm ovulating, I can do all these powerful things again. Um, and it is, it's like a real testament to like, it does ha- like your energy has to be aligned in order to make it a welcoming place for like money to flow in, for example, like, um, money's just energy. So if your energy is out of whack in a place that money doesn't want to hang out in, like, I often think of like, your energy is like a home. So like if it's stressed out and if it's burnt out, like why would money or clients, if you have a business, like want to come hang out with you? Like no one wants to go hang out in a home that's like, that like I don't want to I want to go hang out or somewhere it's fun so it is a testament to like just trust and I think it's also one thing that was coming up when you were saying that is like allowing yourself to receive too mm, like yeah. you don't have to be all go 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 and the the feminine energy really teaches you that like that's that queen archetype coming in is like she commands success like she's she like she's not just sitting on the throne doing nothing, but she's commanding and she's commanding the success to come to her. And that's that magnetism. That's that like sexual energy, like bringing in and receiving and fully allowing yourself to receive. But if you're not in like a receiving state and you're trying to control, um, the masculine energy essentially isn't being allowed to penetrate you. Cause it's like that female energy is like the desire and that masculine energy, um, from the universe is like that penetration of that desire for it to manifest. But if you're not allowing yourself, your body to rest, like nothing's gonna flow. And you're like, essentially, um, part of my language, but like cock blocking their manifestations <laughs> from happening. Like that's kind of what it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, amazing. So like if somebody, um, like what would your one tip be to like get started? Like, let's just say somebody is kind of feeling disconnected with their body and wanting to align more with their own cycle. Like what's one thing you would recommend them do? Mm, I think so first off, just like meditate with your womb which might sound really complicated but it's as simple as like breathing into your womb space the second thing that is like been the most transformative is like track your cycle even if you're on hormonal birth control like if you're on hormonal birth control it's going to be a little bit more complicated to like essentially know when you're properly ovulating because it impacts your ovulation and that's the whole story but like just start tracking your cycle to know like and to become aware of your different energetic states like it because you'll start to see patterns and it's really a great way for you to understand what you need during those times like 
before I'm actually menstruating, like my luteal phase, so more commonly known as like your PMS phase, like I'm kind of like a snappy turtle and my boyfriend knows that. And I know my energy is a bit more lower, so I need to take better care of myself. And you'll just notice like, just even noticing your energetic shifts is going to become really powerful to you to understand how to take care of yourself. So I think, and I always tell that to my girls inside um, of like Womb Alchemy, my program is like, there's one thing I want you to get out of the whole experience is like track your cycle because there's so much power in just like tracking your cycle and noticing those patterns because I can give you all the information about like this womb stuff and like but the best thing is and your your number one teacher in this womb work is your own womb and that has to come with you building a relationship with your own cycle because everyone's cycle is different we're not all a 28 day cycle and a day 14 ovulation so knowing that is really empowering for you to understand your own rhythm but first it has to become you know you becoming aware of those energetic shifts I love that. So really like getting to know your body first and like slowing down to tune into your own body's wisdom. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, how can people work with you or get to know you, follow you? I know all the things. So (laughs) if you're really into the womb work, um, my program Womb Alchemy is a six week program and we dive really deep into all of kind of what I was talking about. So um, we dive into charting your cycle and her, just hormonal birth control. Um, we dive into owning your sexuality, utilizing the different, um, I guess, medicine of each of your phases, which is really fun. So kind of all of this womb work is inside of Womb Alchemy. Um, it's a really fun, juicy program. And then if you're really excited to kind of, I guess, jump, both of these programs are going to help your business and your life. Um, and if you want a deeper dive into like feminine ascension, I'm coming out with a program in the fall in October. Um, and if you wanted to sign up now, that's totally cool. You probably would get an early bird. So Quantum Queenship is coming out and it goes really into those seven primary different archetypes, how to utilize them, coming home to them and utilizing their medicine to lead from that feminine empowered place so you can operate in ease, flow and play. And um, I guess you can ask me all the questions on my Instagram and come hang out with me at um, just my name, Allie Canellis. So that would be all the, the things. Awesome. So Instagram, Allie Canellis, and I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and you don't, you don't have a website, right? No, I'm redoing it. Okay. Going through a rebranding process. Yeah. I just like, I meet a lot of like amazing entrepreneurs that they don't, you don't need a website, you know, like I think a lot of times people feel like, oh, I need this, this, this before I can like grow my business. And it's so not true. It's really about connection and showing up. So yeah, totally. You can make money without having a fancy photo shoot or a fancy website. You just need to like show up with your heart and solve a problem for people and like build intimate connections. I love it. Simple. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing, Allie. Well, thank you so much for your time and being on the show. Yeah, of course. I was so happy to jam out with you. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yay. Well, amazing. For those of you listening, go check out Allie's work and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.